Good morning. How are you all feeling? How are the girls after yesterday? We're here. We're here. Wide-eyed opened. Um, we had a beautiful day. You guys need to know we have incredible women in this church, but we had an amazing day. And um, I just want to honour you, Pauline, because you set the table. You set the table and created a beautiful place and environment for everybody to come and sit and eat and drink. And if you didn't come, you missed out. Um, get the dates now. I'm, I'm sure they've already got the 19th of October. Cancel, like put it in your diary now. Do not put anything on. I promise you it will change. It'll set you up. It'll set up the rest of your year. And I know, I know, I know within my heart of hearts that God is going to move and speak and, and just impact you so powerfully. So 19th of October next year. And don't come alone. Bring somebody with you. Honestly, it is incredible. The table is set the food is all out. All you need to do is come and eat and drink and receive. And I, I want to honour Pastor Rob too because these guys, this is an amazing church. I was privileged to be here in January with my husband, Josh, and um, just he ministered with you here. But these guys love you so much. They speak about you all the time. They're so proud of you and they're so proud of their team. And I just am honoured to be here today. So I want to thank you for inviting me, for trusting me. <laughs> on this platform. Um, we were here in January, wasn't it? Yeah, for the Tunarama. We, we didn't realise at the time it was going to be the last Tunarama, but we brought the boys and they loved it. I said to the girls yesterday, they thought they think Port Lincoln is the Royal Adelaide show every day of the year. So when I said I was coming, they're like, can I come too? They loved the Tunarama and they loved all the rides and they loved... They held those, I should have give, should put a photo up, but you've all seen it and you all know it. But it was the last one. I can't believe we were privileged enough to be here then. Um, I want to just show you, if you don't know me, a photo of my family. Um, and I have two beautiful boys, Jackson, who is nearly 13, and Jordan, who is nine years old. And we have a dog called Buddy, and he's a rat bag. Um, He's, he's big, Aaliyah. He's just hard work. Um, and we also have a turtle called Jordal. And Jordal, Jordal is Jordan's turtle. And he came up with that name because it was like super cute. Jordal, Jordan's turtle. Jordan, I'm like, that's brilliant. He's going to be called Jordal. He's so easy. He stays in his tank. You just feed him. I have to clean it. But anyone have turtles? Yes. You don't like it? Do you like them? Yeah, oh, I thought with that face, I thought, oh no, they're not a good, no, 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 they're easy, amazing. Oh, here they are. So there's Geordie, he's our blonde, long-haired Mowgli boy, like I've put it up there, but normally it's down, it's shaggy, it's crazy. Um, and then Jackson, who is a mini Josh in every which way, but they're my family and yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them later today. I am a country girl at heart. I grew up in Mildura, Victoria, um, and my dad is a Baptist pastor. Um, he was the president of the National Baptist Union for many, many years. He's now on the Baptist World Board, and I married a Pentecostal. Yes, so I call myself a country Baptist girl. So that's who's speaking to you today, just so you know who I am. Jesus and his mum were at a wedding. You can take down that pudding. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that will distract me too much. Um, Jesus and his mum were at a wedding, and John 2 tells us, On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, 
And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited. It's a good, a good day when you invite Jesus to your wedding, I reckon. So they had been invited. And when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My hour has not yet come. But his mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this church. And I just pray right now as we open up your word together, as we've gathered, as we've worshipped, as we've lifted up your name, you will speak to us this morning through your word. Change us, talk to us, challenge us, correct us, do whatever you need to do in this time we have together. Amen. I think one of the biggest battles that we face as parents is obedience, getting and teaching our children and our dogs to do what we tell them. That's true, right? I mean, you, can, you look at kids, you can tell them once, you can tell them twice, you can tell them three times, you can yell, you can scream, you can whatever, and still they sometimes don't listen. So I want to talk to you about real life parenting that you're not going to get on a parenting course and nobody likes to admit it, but this is what sometimes happens. You ask your children to do something, which seems quite reasonable, like put your shoes and socks on. That's a reasonable request, right? If you're leaving the house, getting your shoes and socks on is reasonable. So the stage one of parenting is it's you reason with them. Come on, put your shoes and socks on. We've got to go. Stage two, they don't do it, is you beg them. Please, Jack, put your shoes and socks on. We have to go. You're going to be late for school. I'm going to be late for work. Please put your shoes and socks on. Stage three, you begin to threaten them. If you do not put your shoes and socks on, I am taking away the PS4. I am going to take away the phone. You, your devices are gone. You threaten. Don't pretend you don't. <laughs> Stage four is you lose it. Why isn't anybody listening to me? Can you not hear me? Listen with your ears. You start to threaten them and lose it. Stage five, you bribe them. Right, if you get your shoes and socks on, we will go past Macca's later and get a slushy after school. And stage six is you imagine leaving them for a week and spending time on a beautiful beach in Bali, sipping virgin mojitos and having a wonderful time, not having to yell at your children. They do not listen. Even when I was preparing this message, right, I said to Jordan, Jordan, look at your room, clean it up. It was terrible. Jordan is, Jackson's very clean. Jordan is a mess maker. I said, look at your room, clean it up. So I went back to keep typing my message and he comes up, up to me about 15 minutes later and I said, Jordan, is your room clean? And he goes, no. He said, you said to look at it. I said, I, I did say look at it, but that's not all I said. What else did I say? I said, clean it up. But I did say, look at your room, clean up. Kids have selective hearing. They hear what they want to hear. Even our spouses sometimes do not listen to us. <laughs> yeah, all the women, amen. <laughs> yes, dear, yes, dear. They say yes, dear. I'm not, I'm not sure they're listening. Uh, J Josh was bouncing Jackson on the trampoline and I said to him, be very careful, just be careful, don't double bounce him, 
He goes, he could break a leg. Don't do that. Ten minutes later, I hear this excruciating scream. Jack has broken his leg. I warned him. I warned him. I said he didn't listen. Shana, let's get a dog, he said to me, because I haven't grown up with animals. I've never had a dog. I've never had anything. Please let me get a dog. I'm like, you you will not like having a dog. I know you. You will hate it. He's like, no, I need to have it. I think the boys need to have it. And then he decided, let's get this beagle ear because he's a really cute looking dog. I don't want to, he didn't want a curly haired dog. He thought they looked a bit girly. I'm like, you are, you are going to regret that because they molt and they're hard work and they are hound dogs. They have noses that do not stop. They want to eat everything. They jump up and eat everything. Anyway, he didn't listen to me. I gave him advice and he chose to get this beagle ear and he now wants to sell the dog. He does not like the dog. He has ruined our house, but I, I love Buddy. But we do this too. It's funny, but we do it too with God. We don't listen. We're like, oh, what did you tell me? Oh, now I don't want to do that. Or we run the other way or we go and do something else. Or like Geordie, we're happy to look at what he wants us to do, but we don't want to do the hard work, the messy cleaning up bit. Has anybody been walking out an obedience journey? And if you're a Christian, we all are on an obedience journey. So today, I want to help you and give you a few keys on how to be obedient. And I want to talk to you about Jesus' mum, Mary, who had three profound responses. As I read them, I'm like, that is amazing. I need to do that. That is amazing. It just helped me in my obedience journey. So her first response was to the angel when the angel came and told her that she was going to fall pregnant with the Son of God. So he, Gabriel turns up to Mary and says, you are highly favoured. God's chosen you. And she's like, how can this be? I'm a virgin. And then he says to her in Luke 1, 26, the angel answers, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the, heart, the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And this is her response. The next verse, let's put it up. It says, in, it says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. I love this response because I feel like if Gabriel turned up to me, this would not be my response at the age of 14. I am the Lord's servant, she says. And I love it because our day, our generation, our our who we are. We don't like being servants. We don't want to be servants. We don't want to do, we want to do what we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it, with who we want to do it. That's how we are. And we need to respond like this. When when God or the Holy Spirit asks you to do something, we need to say, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing. Because sometimes when God speaks to us, and sometimes when God speaks to me, even through my husband, and, and I'm like, what? I'm not your slave. I'm not doing that. Like, I'll have that response sometimes too. And sometimes he comes to me all angelic, like, okay, Shana, would you, would you do this? No, I'm not doing that. I do that. And I'm like, if you looked more like Gabriel, you might get a better response from me. 
But we do that. We need to have this response when the Lord is asking us to do something, whether it be when we're in the shopping line or buying coffee or dropping our kids at school or at work or wherever you are. It has become my prayer before I do anything, before I get up, before I go, before I meet with people. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And it's an incredible prayer to pray. I pray it in my head all the time because it reminds me who I am. It reminds me who I'm serving. It reminds me what kingdom I am a part of. And this needs to be our response too. I am the Lord's servant. See, Mary here at the age of 14 chose to be obedient and lay her whole entire life. She had a whole life ahead of her. She probably had her own plans to do something or, or study or, or help in her. Who knows what she wanted to do, but she probably had her own plans. And then the angel appears to her and her whole life ahead of her, her whole, it has to stop because she said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And she, because of her obedience here, I am the Lord's servant, birthed the supernatural. I am the Lord's servant. Her incredible response needs to be our response too. Her second amazing response was at the wedding in Cana, and I read that at the start, where she says, do whatever he tells you. See, Mary pushes Jesus into his public ministry to perform his first public miracle right there at the wedding. So she knew guided by the Holy Spirit, that it was time for Jesus to begin his journey. But the beginning of his ministry journey meant the beginning of the end. And she knew that because at Jesus' baby dedication, get this, it's actually amazing. Simeon prophesies over Jesus, right? And they take Jesus to be dedicated and he prophesies over Jesus to Mary and Joseph. And he says, this child is destined to cause many to rise and fall and the thoughts of many hearts to be revealed. And then he says in verse Luke 2, verse 35, and a sword will pierce your very soul too. Now, I wouldn't want that told to me at my baby dedication, that there's going to be pain, that there's going to be great pain for me. But Simeon prophesied and said, and a sword is going to pierce your very soul too. She knew there was pain coming. So when Jesus says to her, woman, why are you involving me in this? My hour has not yet come. He was saying to her, if this begins, this begins. This is the beginning. But she, led by the Holy Spirit, says to the servants, just do whatever he tells you. See, Mary was responsive and obedient here. I am the Lord's servant. And so by the time it came to Cana, probably 30 years on, she was able, in her lack acknowledging there's no more wine left, she knew who to turn to and she knew how to tell other people to trust in Jesus too because she knew he would have the answer, but she was also obedient to the Holy Spirit. And she knew Jesus would know what to do when there was lack, when there was no more wine. And when we don't have the answers and when we don't know what to do and when we have lack, we need to do the same thing. Trust and obey and ask him and do what he tells us. 
So what is he telling you right now? What is he telling you to do at home, with your family, in your workplace, with your kids, with your gift in this church? What is he telling you to do? What was the last thing he told you to do that you didn't do? Maybe it was to forgive somebody. Maybe it was to be generous. Maybe it was to start that thing or start that business or reach out to that person. What was the last thing he told you to do? Maybe it was to serve in that area and be obedient and do what he'd ask you to do. Despite how you feel or how you think it might turn up, say yes. Say, I am the Lord's servant and do what he tells you to do. Because obedience every step births the supernatural. I am the Lord's servant. Do whatever he tells you. And the third amazing response is Mary's response at the cross. Because this response here at the cross isn't a verbal response. It's a positional response. Because she was standing. She was standing at the foot of the cross. And it says in John 19 verse 25, Mary, Jesus' mother, was standing next to his cross. See, Mary stood when everybody else had run and people had turned their back on Jesus and at that point were like denying him and didn't want to know him anymore. Mary was standing, standing when the pain was piercing her very soul, watching her son. Standing. And you know what? Here's the thing with obedience. It costs There is a cost. It's not easy because there was a cost at the age of 14 for Mary and the cost was laying down her whole life and who she might have wanted to marry and what she might have wanted to do with her life. There was a cost at age 14 when she was obedient. And then at the wedding, there was a cost because she knew it was the beginning of the end. To say, do whatever he tells you meant this was his first public miracle. Jesus was entering into a public arena and it was the beginning of the end. There was a cost. It's not going to be easy and it is going to cost. And at the cross, there was a cost because Mary, being his mother, would have wanted to run two ways. I would have wanted to run two ways. Either to his aid, to help him, to fix him, to take away the pain. Or run away because it would have been too much to bear witnessing and watching. But she stood. She stood. And because she had been obedient every step of the way, she was able to stand in the hardest, most difficult time of her life. Because she was obedient. Because she listened. But it will cost Obedience costs. It costs your time. It costs your talent. It costs your emotion. It costs, but the cost is worth it. See, she trusted and obeyed time after time, so she was able to stand in her darkest hour. And we have to be able to stand with Jesus and for Jesus no matter the cost. And it is going to cost 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Be on alert, stand firm in the faith. Philippians 4, 1 says, Therefore, my brothers, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, in this way, stand firm.
firm in the Lord, my beloved. And Ephesians 6, 11, put on the full armour of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Stand firm. Stand when it's hard and stand when it's tough and stand when it hurts and stand when it's difficult because it actually births the supernatural in us. And the team, you're amazing. You're on cue. But here is the most amazing part. Here is the most amazing part because it's here in her standing that Jesus gives her a new mission. He gives her an assignment. He says in John 19, when Jesus looked down and saw the disciple he loved standing with her, which was John, he said, Mother, look, John will be a son to you. And then he said, John, look, she will be a mother to you. And from that day on, John accepted Mary into his home as one of his own family. See, moments before his death in his distress. Jesus thought about his mum and he looked down and he said, he gave her a new assignment. He said, look, John, he's going to be a son to you. And John, she's going to be a mother to you. I'm reassigning you now. I'm reassigning you. I'm giving you a new mission. And this is a word for you if you are in here and you are in a place of grief or loss or pain that you too can receive a new assignment as you stand. In the middle of the pain, as the pain is piercing your very soul, God can speak to you and give you a new mission and a new assignment as you stand. And here is the thing. It's where you're standing now. It's not where you think you should be standing or when some other time you think you should be standing. It's where you're standing right now. You know, I remember having coffee with um, one of my pastors when I first moved to Paradise and um, my boys were very young at that point and it was with Janine Donato and we were just having coffee and she said to me, Shana, do you feel called to ministry? And I said to her, oh, yeah, I do actually, but not not until my boys are like 18, 19. I'm not going to do anything until they're older and I'm just going to, you know, do my own thing now and release Josh, but that's not for now. And I saw her face. She looked at me like, oh. And I kind of felt the Holy Spirit go, oh, okay. See, God wasn't looking for me to tell him when I was ready and when he could use me and how he could use me and when he couldn't use me. He was looking for me to be obedient and say, I am the Lord's servant. Even though it costs, I'll do what you tell me. Because as you stand, even in the pain, even in the grief, even in the stuff, He continues to give you new assignments, new missions, new anointing, new authority, new grace. But there is a cost. I am the Lord's servant. Do what He tells you and stand. What can we learn from Mary's responses? Mary, at the age of 14, chose to, tr- chose to trust God. 14 years old. That's why I love seeing this beautiful young girl, 10 years old back here, being obedient and trusting God. It just pleases my heart. She chose to trust God. And at Cana, she chose to trust God. Trust Him with what lied ahead. 
And so after 30 years of trusting and obeying, she was able to stand in her hardest moment. And I'm here to tell you this morning, God brought me to Port Lincoln to tell you that you can trust Him. You can trust Him, even when it hurts, even when it doesn't make sense, even when you're fractured, you can trust Him. When it doesn't make sense, when you wanna run, when you wanna retreat, when you wanna pull back, when, you want, when you're in lack or when you feel unclear, when you're in pain and even when you're unsure of what the future looks like, you can trust Him. And as you keep obeying and trusting and obeying and trusting, He's going to anoint you. He's going to give you new missions each and every day. We just have to be willing to hear and position ourselves. And so I want to do something because it's hard when you hear a message in obedience. This is something you need to walk out. I can't do it for you. It's going to be hard and it's going to cost. But I want to give you a moment to stand and to position yourself just in a moment and I want to pray over you and I want to pray that God's going to strengthen you and grace you and speak to you and show you things and show you new assignments and new things that He wants you to do and I pray that you will have ears to hear and that you will be able to say, I am the Lord's servant. I'll do whatever you ask me. Will you stand to your feet? Father, I thank you that you created the church. You birthed the church. And I thank you that our mission is to go out and share the good news. And I just pray in whatever place or environment that you've placed each and every person in this room in, God, you will speak to them. You will use them. You will anoint them. And you will make a way to share your love, your grace and your goodness in their world, wherever it is. And I just pray that as you speak to us, we will be obedient. We'll have ears open, eyes open, hearts open. And we will have the same response. I am the Lord's servant. I pray that become who we are so that we can do what you tell us and so that we can continue to stand for you and with you. And then you can do new things in us and through us. I pray for your grace to fall on each and every person. Your anointing, new grace, new anointing for this new season. God, I pray on the days that our flesh says no and wants to run and, and not do what you've told us, I pray, Holy Spirit, you take over and you speak loudly. And I pray that we will be obedient to your word, your will and your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And I do pray that God will give you new revelation and new thoughts and new insights and, and new assignments as you continue to be obedient to Him. Each